let's be honest about what we're going through because it's it's hard. Veterinary medicine's hard, whether you're in vet school or pre-vet or, or being a vet for, you know, new or for many years, it can be really challenging. And so I wanted to be honest about my experience with that. And it's been amazing to, you know, have other people who are, you know, already vets encourage me in it and be like, it's okay. Your failures aren't going to define who you are as a vet and um, as well as be able to encourage other people who are students who've, you know, been like, thank you so much for sharing that. I've been really struggling with this or people who aren't even in vet med who've been struggling. And I think that's been really encouraging. And I'm like, you know, if it's, you know, one or two people that I can impact positively, like that's all I wanted to do was to be positive on this platform. That is Dr. Rachel Marr small animal practitioner and founder of Vitality Vet. And this is the Vin Foundation's Veterinary Pulse podcast. I'm Jordan Benshia, Executive Director of the Vin Foundation. Join me and our co-host and Vin Foundation board member, Dr. Matt Holland, as we talk with veterinary colleagues about critical topics and share stories. Stories that connect us as humans, as animals, as a veterinary community. This podcast is made possible by individuals like you who donate to the VIN Foundation. Thank you. Please check the episode notes for bios, links, and information mentioned. Hi, Rachel. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Jordan. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome, first of all, first and foremost, thanks for joining us. What is your current role right now? Where are you in the veterinary profession? And then I like to sort of backtrack it and um, give people some backstory and, and share some depth into how you got to where you are now. Yeah, so I'm a recent uh, veterinary grad. I graduated last May in 2020, and I'm currently working at a small animal practice in Santa Barbara, California. And I consider myself an integrative vet. Uh, so I am um, nearly done with my certification in veterinary acupuncture. And then I will be starting my certification in canine rehabilitation. And um, yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> and then you also run a website called The Vitality Vet, which we will get into talking about. Yes, yes. So uh, people can find me at the Vitality Vet on Instagram. And I do have a website that goes along with that where I blog and I share general veterinary education as well as other mental health tidbits and advice. Wonderful. Okay, so let's dive right in. Where were you born and raised? So funny story, I was born in Virginia and lived there for maybe nine months as a toddler before my <laughs> parents decided to move back to California, where they're both originally from. My dad's family's from the Bay Area, so I spent my childhood um, nearby San Francisco, um, and my mom's from Southern California, so when I was entering middle school, moved back to Southern, or we moved to Southern California, mm -hmm. and that's where I spent the rest of my, my young years, I guess you could say, so raised all over. <laughs> And then where did you end up going to undergrad? I went to undergrad at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So I've lived essentially all along the, the coast of California and I'm a California girl at heart. And yeah, I lived in uh, what we call slow <laughs> for five <laughs> years and lived the slow life uh, before I moved to Dublin, Ireland for vet school. 
So what was your journey to veterinary school? Are you someone that always wanted to be a veterinarian or was there a defining moment in your life when you thought, oh, this is it? Or was it just from a young age? Puppies are really cute and I want to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. I think we all kind of start that way. Oh, we love animals. <laughs> I want to be a vet. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, I don't feel like there is really one specific moment. I just remember, you know, I lived with, I had pets my whole life growing up. I mean, we had an ant farm, guinea pigs, hamsters, cats, dogs. And so I just, from the day I was born, I was born into a family that was already two dogs and they were like my <laughs> siblings. Um, and I loved animals since I could remember. And my, I, I don't know if it was my parents being like, oh, you love dogs. Do you want to like take care of them when you're older? You could be a vet. Or I, right, can't, right. I honestly can't remember. But I do know that when I was two years old for Christmas, Santa got me a, vet, a little vet kit. <laughs> it was this little <laughs> stuffed dog with a little like stethoscope for a kid and like so basically, since I was at least two, I was playing vet, and that's what I always knew I wanted to do, and I always loved animals, so I just fueled the, the passion for animals and vet med from that age. Wow, too. That's pretty young. Yeah, it's it, I, I and I have video proof to verify it because everyone says since they're a child, but I didn't even really know where it started. My parents were like, no, you were two years old in this video. And they have a, a video of me at Christmas time opening this vet kit. And I was like, so I would, like didn't even want to open other presents. I was so excited. <laughs> so Well, and you said you had an ant farm. I, did, I guess, I mean, I have ants in my kitchen right now, but I guess I didn't think of <laughs> In my mind of like the pets that I think that like kids had, like we had rabbits and lizards and, yeah. cats and birds and, you know, cats and all that stuff. But I guess I didn't think about an ant farm. But do they, is it like one of those things that it's kind of pla plastic on both sides and there's a little top mm -hmm. and you kind of watch them go through? Yep. I don't know what was so trendy about it in the day. It was like the whole <laughs> chia pet craze and then you had right, your ant right. farm and it was so cool. And you'd like, you had to feed them a right amount, but they just make, I mean, now that I think about it, I'm like, that's kind of cruel. You keep like hundreds of ants in this little plastic thing. And then eventually we let them free because we're like, no, eh, we don't need this. But <laughs> yeah, it was just one of the many animal creatures we could have living in the city. <laughs> <laughs> Very city friendly. Good point. Yes. <laughs> so how did you go from Cal Poly to going to veterinary school in Dublin? That's that's a big shift. Uh, I mean, people, you know, you and I both happen to live in the same town of Santa mm -hmm. Barbara. Yeah. Um, but, you know, slow or San Luis Obispo is definitely, you know, Central Coast, California is nowhere close to the UK. So what was that journey and how did that look like for you? Yeah, I honestly don't think I was prepared for the journey to a cold <laughs> country. Um, but essentially, I mean, I, I went to Cal Poly, animal science, pre-vet track. You know, I knew I wanted to go to vet school. And uh, funny enough, it came to my final year. Um, actually, yeah, in the beginning of my final year at Cal Poly. And I, I was just so burnt out. Like, mm -hmm. college is busy enough, you know, pre-vet mm -hmm. on top of that. And I was doing a minor in photography. So it was just like... It was a lot of things at once. So I was technically graduating a little early with all the credits I had. So I was really burnt out, to be honest. And I kind of had this this kind of like life moment at the young age of 21, 22. And I was just like, is this really what I want to do with my life? Like, I am so tired. I'm always striving. Do I really want to go to vet school? And I was really involved with a Christian organization out there called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I, and I really love mentoring teenagers and specifically high school students. And I actually ended up just doing high school ministry for a year after graduating because I was just like, I don't 
think that I really want to go to vet school? Like, do I really want to pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, do a career that is going to burn me out? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I did that for a year and it was exactly what my mind and my soul needed to take time off. And I, you know, didn't, and I still, that year still applied to schools, like just in case I want to do it. And, um, yeah, with a lot of like peer support and even just chatting to my pre-vet mentor about it, he was like, no, you should honestly take a year off work, take time and really think about it because he agreed Mm -hmm. with what I was feeling. He's like, if you aren't really committed, then don't, you know, don't go to vet school. And so eventually, you know, by the time I was getting letters back from schools, I was really thinking about it and praying. And I was like, you know what? I really do miss, you know, that was the the first year of my life. I didn't have a pet. I wasn't involved, you know, in any vet thing really. And I really missed it. I missed animals. I, you know, did everything I can to just like pet sit people's pets are free. And, uh, you know, whenever I saw horses and slow, I'd stop over and go pet them and, um, I was just like, you know what? I think that's what I'm, I just, I have this piece of me where I just like feel called to that. And, um, I really think I can make it work, but I knew in my mind, if I was going to go to vet school, I had to be really, um, adamant about how I was going to approach it to ensure it wasn't going to burn me out and ensure it wasn't, I mean, I knew it was going to be stressful, but ensure I was choosing a career and something within veterinary medicine that was giving me the space that I needed, um, Uh, and understanding my own capabilities. Um, And then when it came to, you know, which school to go to, I mean, I applied to, I mean, Davis was my top choice because I'm in California, it's cheaper (laughs) in state and uh, Davis is a great school, but I also applied to, you know, Colorado, Auburn, and then Dublin, Ireland. And how I knew about Dublin was that the year prior, I went on a family vacation to the UK and uh, we went to France and we went to Ireland and I had actually visited the Royal Veterinary College in England. Mm-hmm. And as much as I loved it, I was just like, I can't live in London. This is, I'm not a city gal. <laughs> and they told me, they're like, well, since you're going to Dublin next, have you thought about checking out their vet school? And I was like, they have a vet school there. So I was only in Ireland for four days, but fell in love with it. It was very relaxed culture. They love their Guinness. I love Guinness. It was perfect. So going from, you know, yeah, I was like, okay, I can, yeah, I can get through vet school. They got Guinness here. It's great. No. So they, but I mean, coming from, you know, it was the drought of California to like beautiful green and like just the lifestyle was so opposite of what experiencing here in California and in the States in general of very fast paced, um, Mm -hmm. very much like, okay, I got to focus on me. I'm going to, you know, not help anyone on the side of the street where you go to Dublin and Ireland in general. And there, if you're lost, they will stop and walk with you to where you need to go. And you just like, you make so many friends from random strangers. And so I just really enjoyed the lifestyle. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind going here. And, um, Mm -hmm. and then the other plus was they did have a sports medicine program in both equine and canine, which is the field I knew I wanted to go into in veterinary medicine. So I applied, got in, and next thing you know, moved to Ireland. <laughs> so long wow. story short, not really short, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and how was that shift for you going from, you know, undergrad at Central California, Central Coast California, to a year in ministry to Dublin and veterinary school? Yeah, it was, it was tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It was, it was a hard transition, not only, you know, being out of academia for a year and then going back to school but also transition of I didn't realize how 
hard it would be to move to a different country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, they speak English. Like, it's not really a transition, but just things like figuring out what phone I'm going to have and a new number right. and how do I you know, like I'm not going to have all the normal toiletries that I'm used to here. I mean, medications are called different things there. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like quite a difference and even getting groceries, like, you know, I got so used to using the French words. Like I'd be like, I just need to find a zucchini. And they'd be like, wait, what's a zucchini? And I found out (laughs) later it's called a courgette there. And I'd be like, ah, courgette. (laughs) So it got really fancy with my food names. (laughs) But yeah, so it was quite a transition and hard just, you know, you're moving to a different country and you don't know anyone. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew very few people who moved to vet school and ended up knowing people out in, in Ireland. And I really, I didn't know anybody and it was, you know, starting a whole new life, but I've always been adventurous and independent. So I, I made my way and, um, yeah, met some people and traveled on my own. And so it was, it was an amazing experience in the end. And I really am glad that I um, did that because I never... I never got to study abroad in undergrad, which is something I always wanted to do, but <laughs> limited yeah. time when you're pre-vet and taking on all these extra things. Yeah, I spent a, um, actually a semester in high school in England, and oh, awesome. it was it was very different, and that was mm-hmm. pre, so dating myself, that was pre-internet, that was pre, <laughs> <laughs> pre-cell phones, that was pre-a lot of things, but it was still drastically different for me. I mean, I had spent mm-hmm. some time in Europe pre- previously, but... Um, it was, it was definitely different going to school there and just the school phrases and Mm -hmm. words and everything and the food. And it's definitely a shift. So I really admire you going (laughs) to veterinary school because that's so much more of a shift. I mean, even the, the change between the ER and the RE and so many different words or, um, the OU versus just the O and there's just a lot of shifts and changes that you, that you're learning to make, let alone the social aspects of that. And And so one thing that came out of your veterinary school is that you started the Vitality Vet. Can you explain to us how that happened and what was your motivation in creating that wall in the midst of this big change and in the midst of veterinary school challenges and demands? So funny enough, Vitality Vet actually came out of a way for me to express myself and it was actually a mental health outlet. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved writing. I actually, if I wasn't a vet when I was younger, I wanted to be an English teacher and write. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I always loved writing. And when I was most stressed, when, you know, I'd be lying in bed in vet school, stressed on my mind, and you're either just thinking about whatever you're studying or uh, just life things in general, I ended up just, I would get my phone and I'd write notes and I'd just write things out, whether it was poetry, whether it was just like, get this off my mind or whether it was mm-hmm. a list of, okay, I need to study this, you know, I just needed something to release. And so out of that actually came uh, a different blog before it was Vitality Vet. It was another blog and um, it was a blog where I would just write poetry or write things around my mind, my opinions on topics, mm-hmm. <laughs> random things like that. And it wasn't ever a thing of, oh, you know, like maybe friends and family will read it. Um, but the other side of it was also I'm a huge foodie and I love traveling. And so it was another way for me to share my travel experiences and places that I recommended because so many people would contact me. Uh, friends knew that I was the huge foodie and I tried like almost every place in Dublin and they'd be like, okay, well, I have a friend that's visiting and she has like this dietary needs and we're thinking of going to this type of place. What do you recommend? And I'd send them a list, you know, um, and I'd have friends visiting Ireland and wanting, you know, a 
an idea of where where to go, what I recommend, and I ended up with this list of places. So, ironically, I already had this list written out, and I was like, I should just blog, like, put up a blog, and if people ask me, here's a link, go read it, and I have all the right. links to where you can right. buy tickets, you know. <laughs> um, and so it was more of a fun thing, and uh, yeah, a great outlet and something that I could release out of and as it started going and people I was getting good feedback which I wasn't really anticipating I just thought oh, it would be this weird little thing that I can send people and people loved it and were like I love reading your new like food guides <laughs> and um so yeah so that's how it kind of like started and then it turned into Vitality Vet because during vet school I would kind of add certain things about you know pet health or pet advice in general or things that I would learn about and People also love that, and this veterinary community grew online, mm-hmm. um, which encouraged me to be like, "Wait, we need we need this online because, you know, I go online, and you know, you can have advice from all different, you know, from a nutritionist, from a human doctor, from a dermatologist. You can find all this information, but vet med at the time, which is crazy to think, you know, four years ago, right. wasn't really a big thing online, and so." I, I started posting more of that um, information and my experience in vet school and sharing a lot about um, not only pet wellness and pet education, but also mental health within vet med. And so I think mm-hmm. that was a lot of the motivation of, hey, I'm really passionate about veterinary medicine, but I'm also really passionate about wellness within it. And I truly believed that if I was going to be a good vet, I had to really take care of myself. And that's something you're not taught in vet school. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I knew my peers struggled with too. And we would constantly talk about, okay, how can I, you know, get through this? So despite, you know, the failures, the the stress of it, the inadequacy you're constantly feeling. I mean, we're all brilliant people, which is why we got into vet school. But it was, you just never felt like enough or never felt successful, always felt tired. And, um, you know, what got me through vet school was, you know, taking care of myself and my own mm-hmm. mental, physical and spiritual health. Um, you know, I would wake up at five in the morning, go to the gym with my roommates. <laughs> We'd go to class at 7 a.m. downing our breakfast in class. We're known as the girls who ate in class. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, we had a week off right before our exams and people would just cram study for seven days. And I was like, I can't study for seven days straight. I'd go travel. <laughs> I'd travel for like four of the days and then I'd come back feeling great and refreshed and I'd right. study and I recognized or I'd go on hikes and people would be like, how are you doing these things before our finals? And I'd just be like, that's what my, I need that break. I need that right. mental break. And so I found personally for me that when I did that, I actually performed better because I, my, my life wasn't all vet med. <laughs> so um, I guess Again, long story short, but not really short. It was just accumulation of all these experiences and these thoughts and also an outlet for me that led to the Vitality Vet. And, mm-hmm. you know, my big thing is encouraging people to live this life of vitality and help um, people strive for them and their pets for mental, physical, and spiritual health and, and for their mind, body, and soul. And I want to do that through wellness and education, and that's my passion. So that's kind of how this how this started. It was a variety of things through, you know, both my passion of vet med and writing, as well as um, I wanted to I wanted people to take care of themselves if they were going to do this career, as well as hey, how can we take care of our pets? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there is really that piece there that it's so often, especially in America, I think that it's 
this work mentality that we have is drastically different from Europe, of course, mm-hmm. and many places in the world. And this concept that taking care of yourself and what that means and clearly we're seeing more discussion about it now and there's more awareness around mental health, which is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, so the foundation, the VIN foundations vets for vets program is this confidential support group, peer to peer support, and it's run by vet- veterinarians specifically for veterinarians. And there's another one for support staff as well called support for support. And we just regularly see that there are so many people struggling with specifically if they're struggling you know, in veterinary school and within the first five years out of veterinary school, they tend to be struggling throughout their career versus if they get the support and the resources they need in school and, and within a couple of years of graduating, they tend to succeed more. And, and that's something that the more help that we can give colleagues, I mean, to me, it just seems like a no brainer. Like we, we Mm. want our veterinarians healthy because they take better care of our animals when they're healthy as well. Right. And it's this, this, this circle of, of, of care for each other that just improves across the board and happy vets is happy or happy, happy vets are happy pets. Right. Mm -hmm. And create happy vet pets or support happy pets. And, and we're all here for this love of animals. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and loving ourselves in the midst of that and learning how to do that is always challenging. Right. We, we tend to be our worst or our hardest critics, you know, and, and, and that can be a, you know, having those resources are extremely important. And, and it seems like Vitality Vet definitely supports those efforts and wants to improve colleagues. And, you know, even some of the stuff that you've talked about with Vitality Vet, like acupuncture and stuff like that, those are those aspects of um, veterinary medicine are ones that improve an animal's life and through that also improve the pet owner's life, right? And finding ways that we can support our pets and support our vets as well. It's extremely important. Yeah, exactly. And that's another huge reason um, I'm passionate about vet med and kind of the client education side of it is mm-hmm. I realized, I think it's it's that common misunderstanding of I love animals, I'm going to be a vet. And then you realize, oh, wait, I have to actually interact way more with people. Right. <laughs> and it's that hard realization. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, no, I actually do love people. And it's just that people are either they're misunderstood and we don't communicate it well with them as vets um, mm-hmm. or People just don't know. They don't know where to go. They don't have the resources. And it's easy to Google things these days. And so what can I do to make it easier on pet owners as well as help them care for their pet better? Because, yeah, if you have a yeah, happy vet, happy pet, but also a happy owner, you're going to have a way healthier pet and right. owner that is truly educated to know, okay, yes, I need annual exams, but, you know, what about annual blood work or biannual blood work once right. a, a pet is o- older, you know, and the importance of that. And, and for them to understand, you know, we're not just vets trying to get the money out of them, you know, or make a career, but it's like, I really want your pet to live a really long life, a life of vitality too, for your pets. So it's that, that whole idea of how can we in general in vet med make it a better environment for not only our peers and ourselves, but also owners Mm -hmm. and their pets, because if we're not all, you know, It's like, I imagine this like Venn diagram circle with the three circles and it's like, we have to be all interconnected in the middle. And if we're not interconnected in the middle in that point where we're all well, then we're just, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work out. (laughs) We're all in our own circles doing our own things and no one's benefiting. So, uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree. It's, it's so, it's so true. My dog gets extremely 
anxious and shakes when I take her to the vet and I have a mobile vet now. And because I just found, you know, if I take my dog who's starts shaking to the vet and I take her there and she's shaking and the vet's seeing her, the vet's not able to do as good of a job, right? Because she's mm-hmm. in this very uncomfortable situation. And and then it's hard to get a true look at what's going on with her because she's shaking, right? And the dog's not relaxed. And then the vet's probably having a hard time. <laughs> and then what could happen is the pet owner could be like, oh, well, you know, get frustrated because she feels like the, or the person's not, the vet's not doing their job. And really it's like the circle of like, if everybody, and if they come in with all the stuff that they come in with, like stress mm-hmm. and other patients, et cetera. And then, you know, it's already hard enough for colleagues in the profession. The, anything that we can do to make it easier is wonderful. Mm-hmm. So exactly. what were, what are some of the, what are some of the positive impacts that you've seen from vet vitality so far? So I've, I've really just loved the vet community and the people that I've been able to connect with through not only my website, but my Instagram as well. I mean, I've, Mm -hmm. I try to be as raw as possible on my Instagram and I've shared about, you know, my successes and my failures. And I think it's, you know, even if there's just that one person that'll reach out to me and be like, thank you for sharing that. Like I've been really struggling lately and I'm very open about my own personal battle with depression and, um, about, you know, failing the Navli, things like that. And there's, it's just, it's hard to find people where you're really struggling online and to find someone that you can connect with. I mean, it's hard enough in person and you go online and you're like, okay, I feel even more alone or even more isolated with where I'm at because Instagram's a highlight reel for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I try Mm -hmm. so hard to not make it that and be like, let's be real about these things. And there's, I mean, amazing successes that we need to celebrate with each other, but also let's be honest about what we're going through because it's, it's hard. Veterinary medicine's hard, whether you're in vet school or pre-vet or, or being a vet for, you know, new or for many years, it can be really challenging. And so I wanted to be honest about my experience with that. And it's been amazing to, you know, have other people who are, you know, already vets encourage me in it and be like, it's okay. Your failures aren't going to define who you are as a vet. And, um, as well as be able to encourage other, um, people who are students who've, you know, been like, thank you so much for sharing that. I've been really struggling with this or people who aren't even in vet med who've been struggling. And Mm -hmm. I think that's been really encouraging. And I'm like, you know, if it's, you know, one or two people that I can impact positively, like that's all I wanted to do was, to be positive on this platform. Um, my thought was always, you know, if I'm going to have social media, I want to be able to make a positive impact. I don't want it to be for nothing or make it, or make people feel bad about themselves. (laughs) Like that's Mm -hmm. defeats the purpose of this platform for me. There's already enough of that going on there. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) There's already comparison, all that stuff. I want people to feel better if they follow me. And if they don't, then I'm like, don't follow me. That's fine. You don't need to read my stuff. Um, so, so that's definitely been, um, a highlight, but I think also just the amazing connections and networking. I mean, meeting, meeting Matt mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of online. And I mean, that was more through his Navali support group, but also just connecting more with him once he made an Instagram meeting you, you know, all of this, I've had amazing opportunities to be, uh, I recently was able to be a speaker at an online conference, the Dog Health Solutions Summit. Mm-hmm. And I've met one of my really close vet med friends now um, through um, kind of an online veterinary female group. <laughs> and so and it's just funny because I feel like I have all these like, quote unquote, I mean, they are friends, but it's people where I'm like, I've never actually met this person in person yet um, because they either don't live where I live or 
we're just Instagram friends. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it sounds so weird, but it's like you make such great connections with these people. And so, um, yeah, it's been a great platform to feel like I'm making a positive impact in people's lives as well as people have positively impacted my life. And it's mm-hmm. been an amazing way to grow community and know that I always have support, whether it's in person or not. <laughs> and even I think it's, which is kind of sad. And it's, I do wish that veterinary medicine would change this way, but you don't always have the support that you need in your own clinic and in your mm-hmm. own city within veterinary medicine. So it's been nice to have the vitality vet because I know it sounds weird, but it's like, I know I have that support online at least um, from peers that I've met via Instagram and through the vitality vet. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that one of the positives that comes out of COVID is the ability to learn how to communicate and connect better over distances, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we've for sure seen an increase in online education and curbside pickup. I love those things. I think it's a life changer. Yes. <laughs> it's a life changer, but so I mean, convenient. the ability to learn online at a mm-hmm. level that you, with the travel and everything, you just wouldn't have been able to do that much. Um, but the ability to connect with people and it's been a great exercise to learn how to, I'm a big believer in clear communication and good communication. And it's been a good exercise in us learning how to communicate in ways that, that we might not be as good at, right? Because we've had to do this distance in different levels. And I'm not this, I'm not saying this, you know, that it's okay for necessarily for school, et cetera. But I just mean, in terms of finding ways to improve our communication skills, with each other at a distance. I'm hoping that that's one benefit that's come out of COVID. Um, and hope I, I'm also hoping, and maybe this is naive of me, that there's an increase in kindness amongst each other because there's almost, you know, usually when there are these things that we go through geographically that are challenging, right? I mean, for mm-hmm. us in our area, it was the Thomas fire, the mudslides, yeah. et cetera. Um, and, or earthquakes. I mean, take your pick, <laughs> but, but going through that, it's, it's very geographic, right? So then you mm-hmm. talk to somebody that's in another state or just like 10 miles down the road and it's been a completely different experience versus COVID is something that we have all experienced. Right. And mm-hmm. in some ways it's almost this bonding experience that I, I'm hoping that people are able to come out with some kindness of we've just been through a whole lot, right? Some of us a lot more versus others, but it's impacted every single person, right? And and so hopefully there's some kindness that come out can come out of that. And that combined with the increased awareness of mental health and the increased resources of mental health, I'm hoping there'll be some positive impact there. Maybe that's just me looking mm-hmm. for the light at the end of the tunnel <laughs> or so or, or an ongoing desire to see something positive. But I, I really, I really I see that shift a little bit and I'm hoping that it mm-hmm. that it continues and people take the time to consider things as they're getting back to stuff and 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 work from that mentality. Yeah, I totally agree. I love it. I really hope that that's the case. So <laughs> we'll see. Time will tell. But yeah, right? I think Absolutely. that there's, there's a lot of hope in that sense of um, people coming out of this better than they were going into it, right. for sure. Right. So now you're a practicing veterinarian. How is Vitality Vet playing a role in your career now? So I guess I've kind of shared a bit about it already, just in terms of the the support and the community mm-hmm. and, and the resources. Um, but I think also, yeah, with the networking, and I think it has been an, a good way to 
move my career forward. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. as a new grad, I've already had people call into the clinic that I work at specifically requesting me. And I'm just like, how oh, did wow. they possibly figure <laughs> out who I am? Like, I don't know who they are, but it's right. because they've found me through my website and knew that mm-hmm. I, you know, am an integrative vet and, um, and people are specifically looking for, you know, the acupuncture mm-hmm. and the services that I specifically offer at my clinic. So that's been really awesome and so cool because yeah back in the day when you didn't you know there weren't really websites and people didn't know who you were (laughs) it made it a lot harder so now it's so easy it's like I don't even know how people find me anymore whether it's LinkedIn Facebook Instagram it's like there's all these ways that they can which is why I have those platforms but it's been cool to be like wow people are actually finding me through this and so it's been an awesome just advancing my career and getting my name out there as a new grad Um, I mean, I've had tons of people reach out wanting, I offer some telemedicine consults. Um, so I can, I don't diagnose or prescribe anything because you can't here in California, but I can at least give people some advice about, okay, what is the next step? Should you be concerned Mm -hmm. about your pet? So it's been cool to be able to offer that to people and it Mm -hmm. helps direct them to my clinic as well. So it's, it's also a plus for the clinic that I work at is, uh, getting, um, you know, business for them. Um, and yeah, just in my career to be, you know, be able to be open on the platform and also stay encouraged because if I wasn't on Instagram, I wouldn't be getting as much, you know, as much support as I would without having this platform. And, um, I mean, I've gotten tons of, I mean, (laughs) even tons of freebies. Those, it sounds weird to say that, but it's true. You get, you, people really want your advice as a vet and how to do something and, or if their product is, you know, worthwhile, if it's going to help a pet. So I think Mm -hmm. that's been fun too, to be like, okay, actually, you know, I don't say yes to all of it, but some things I'm like, oh, that sounds like a really great idea. I'd love to try your product. So those are always pluses with branding. Um, So all of that, I mean, it's been really mainly just a positive thing. I think the hardest is just one, not being able to like really get to meet people in person, which hopefully the, you know, pandemic has changed that now too, like you were saying earlier. But I think two, the hardest thing is definitely people reaching out for advice and me being like, I legally can't help you with that. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's been kind of the downside is the, um, the, the inability to interact with people sometimes because they don't understand the limitations we have with our licensing. Right. Right. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today, Rachel. And one thing that I'd like to ask everybody is, do you have a secret talent or something you enjoy (laughs) doing that others might not know about? Well, I did get my minor in photography. So I actually had my own photography business before I went to vet school. That's the other thing I did on the side. It was called Rachel Jade uh, Photography. So I still kind of dabble in that, but uh, I guess the the other secret thing is I am a huge Batman fan, and I love wow. Batman. Wow, see, that is a secret thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a huge Batman nerd. Um, I have one of the comic books. I have, like, all the movies. I saw The Dark Knight Rises, I think, 12 times in theaters. <laughs> I, yeah, I love Batman. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with or a specific piece of advice before we go today? Wherever you're at in your journey, you are exactly where you need to be. You are enough. And don't forget to have compassion for yourself along the way and take care of your mind, body, and soul. I like it. (laughs) 
Thank you, Rachel. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for having me, Jordan. This was great. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Veterinary Pulse. Please check the episode notes for additional information referenced in the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow, subscribe, and share review. We welcome feedback and hope you will tune in again. You can find out more about the VIN Foundation through our website, vinfoundation.org, and our social media channels. Thank you for being here. Be well.